You're listening to the Soul Care Podcast. I'm Elaine Hamilton, the founder of the Soul Care House, a group of therapists working in community with a shared perspective about the path towards healing and change. This podcast is about creating a space for real conversations about real life struggles, a place where you can gather insight and support for issues that are relevant to you and the people you love. So sit back, put your feet up, and let's talk. Hey everyone, I'm sitting with Shannon Little today, and uh, she's one of the therapists at the Soul Care House, a fabulous therapist on our team. And we thought it might be useful to have a conversation about how things are going with the pandemic these days. We are uh, recording on May the 19th, and so we are sort of in the beginning stages of um, the restrictions being lifted and um, people having to navigate what they can and can't do, what they're comfortable doing, what they're not comfortable doing. And uh, we're hearing from clients that this is difficult to navigate, um, especially if people in your family or people you're in relationship with are having different um, opinions about this, experiences of this. And so uh, we just thought we'd have a conversation about what that might be like for you all and maybe some ideas about how to navigate that. So Shannon, tell, tell us a little bit about what you're hearing clients say regarding this issue of the opening up of things and how that's impacting them. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously in this, everybody's situation is different, but I think, you know, like with each phase or stage of this, it's brought its own set of challenges. And I think with this phase of it, and currently for anyone that's maybe not in California that's listening to this or not in San Diego, you know, we're operating from the mindset of here in San Diego and in California, we're in this, what they call phase two of reopening, where some businesses are now reopening. They're reopening still with a lot of restrictions and measurements for how you can engage with those businesses. Um, and certain recreational things are reopening with certain restrictions. And with those, it's brought, like for some people, it's brought a measure of relief because there's more options or maybe they can go back to work or they can go back to familiar places. And yet the places they're returning to, they can't experience them in the same way or engage with them in the same way on the one hand. And it's bringing up a lot of anxiety and uncertainty for people because now it's potential for increased exposure to more people. Even if you're wearing a mask or abiding by regulations, there's still that felt sense of I'm going to more places. I'm around more people. I'm potentially more exposed. And also there's the uncertainty and anxiety of which, which places do I want to expose myself to? What things are worth it for me in my situation, whether that's you and the family members you live with or the roommates you live with or your own personal self, if you know you are at risk, if you have immunocompromised system. Um, so there's just this whole range of emotions and some people feeling guilty for wanting to go do certain things because they know uh, maybe they want that relief of I can finally go outside and go to my favorite beach and walk on it, or I can go to a store that I couldn't go to before. Um, and yet they feel this guilt if it means like, oh, what if I'm exposing myself and a family member? And having to wrestle with those kinds of decisions as more and more things open up is just bringing a whole lot more um, 
you know, choices that people have to make with different stakes for everybody. Like the stakes are really high for some people as they make these decisions for other people, maybe the stakes feel lower. So there's just a lot more pieces at play because in the earlier stage, things felt so black and white in a lot of ways. Like it was stay home, don't go anywhere, don't do anything really, unless you're in this very small category of essential workers. And sometimes that black and whiteness, as much as it was so restrictive, it at least lowered all the decisions that a lot of people had to make about what they were being exposed to. Yeah, yeah, I think there's so many factors at play um, regarding how people are responding to this, right? Like there's the personality piece, there's like, what is their daily life like? There's their trauma history. There's just so many things that are interacting. Like I'm noticing um, people who have maybe more positivity um, in them. They're like, you know, everything's going to be fine. We're just going to, we're going to get out there. Like this is the end of it and we're moving forward. And then there are others that. Um, maybe more risk aware, we could yeah. say. Yeah. 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 So those folks are like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, the second, the second spike is coming, the long winter is coming, you know, all of that. So um, people are in very different places regarding how they feel about the opening up of things. Mm -hmm. And, and then, you know, I'm noticing uh, that our trauma histories are activated too, um, especially folks who have lost someone, right? Like if people have someone who's sick right now, someone in their family or a friend, someone that they know, who's been sick or maybe even someone who's passed away because of the virus. Um, if people are working in healthcare, obviously they're having a very different experience than the rest of us who are really just like bored and sick of being stuck at home, right? Like their experience is far more real than our experience, if that makes sense. Um, they're really dealing with the actual, what this is actually like in the lives of other people. And we're not, right? We're, like, we're, we're just at home watching Netflix and working online, right? Like, so we're, we're having a very different experience. So all of those things are sort of clashing, I think, together as people make decisions about what, does, what am I going to do in the reopening? Like, how far am I going to take that? How careful am I going to be? How comfortable am I with the reopening? How eager am I to get back out there? Like all of those things are really informed by people's trauma histories, people's personalities. And then um, add in two months of self-quarantine into that, right? You have personalities and trauma histories and circumstances, and then you add two months of, you know, probably exhaustion, especially if you've been a parent during this and you've had to be parenting your kids at home or you know, you have other family members or whatever other circumstances where there's, there's probably mental exhaustion, emotional exhaustion, physical exhaustion. There's a weariness some people have. There's all the lingering effects of people having heightened anxiety or depression. So it's, it's two months of that for many people that's being coupled with personality traits and trauma histories and all of that. So people are coming into this reopening in a very different place, right? Like the place from which they're making decisions is very much colored by all of these experiences and circumstances from the past two months, as well as their lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just noticing in my own life that, 
you know, in, in, in my relationships, I've got people who are responding to this differently. Right. And so we're having to navigate, how are we going to do this when, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to see each other, we're going to hang out outside, sit far apart. Is, does everybody, not everybody wants to sit far apart or doesn't think it's necessary to sit far apart. Right. So there's, there's a lot of navigating about like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to do a little bit more with other people, but we're not all doing that the same way or we're not, the rules aren't laid out. The rules aren't clear between us in our relationship about how we're going to do this. Like people's concept of what a social distancing yes. hangout looks like yeah. very different until the person actually gets there and you realize, oh, this person's definition of six feet is different than my definition of six yeah. feet or expectations about wearing masks or not wearing masks or, you know, what things people are going to be strict on in terms of sharing or not sharing. You know, there's, there's so much now that we don't realize until we get to those moments of, Oh, you're, you're thinking about this in a very different way than I am. Yeah. We are not on the same page about this. This is super weird. Right. So we're, we're having to navigate that. And I think, I think that's an important thing to be, aware of that we're going to actually have to have probably some difficult conversations with the people we love about what that looks like because it's going there are going to be differences at least at least that's what I'm experiencing I'm hearing other people say that as well it's like oh you know so so and so wants to come and fly and visit me and then they'll be like they'll get off an airplane and then they want to stay in my house and I'm not ready for someone to do that right like there's just a lot of differences and we have to have painful conversations mm -hmm. about what we're comfortable with and what we're not. Mm -hmm. Right. Because what I'm noticing in a lot of people is let's say someone has, you know, the ability now to return to work in a certain capacity. Well, maybe you were fine going on like a social distancing walk with that person when they weren't going to work a week or two ago because you knew they're not being exposed to anybody all that and now all of a sudden it feels like the rules have changed because oh this person's going to work and maybe they're in a more risk of exposure uh, workplace mm -hmm. and that brings up a whole new set of considerations for people and I think that's where people's now anxiety can get heightened because it's more and more people you might feel like you have to track of who's going to work or who's going where to what level are people being exposed and as people are trying to weigh those decisions, it makes it harder and harder to sort of figure out, okay, well, what, what am I okay with and what am I not okay with? And other people being in a different place from you, that can bring up a lot of tension. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's conversations we haven't had to deal with before. And so it's, it's very new and it's awkward, right? There, I notice within myself that I feel some pressure to be more flexible than I'm actually comfortable with. Um, you know, because I'm in my 60s, because I have um, immune issues, and because I lost someone last year, I, I'm like, I, I, can't, I can't get sick. Like, I just, I don't think I can take it emotionally. <laughs> I don't think my kids can manage that emotionally. Um, and so I'm trying to be careful um, and I'm also desperate 
to not have to be. So I've noticed that noticing that push pull within myself, but, but also like, how am I going to navigate that with the people that I sometimes hang out with for a walk outside or, you know, when the distance gets shorter, it's like, Oh, I notice you're standing closer to me now. And while I wish I could reach out and hug you, I would really love for you to move four feet farther away from me. (laughs) So all that's like, it's new feelings, it's new experience. And gosh, that that brings up because I've heard this from other people. Would you say that that brings up kind of a mixture of like grief and frustration? Because it's like you want to be able to not have these you know, restrictions in your mind, like you wish that you didn't have to be thinking about, I'm immunocompromised, I've lost someone in the past year, I'm in my 60s, like, and to see someone else that doesn't have maybe those same concerns, and how they kind of are more freely entering into this new phase, and kind of feel that like, the sadness of your reality, coupled with the frustration of, wow, this person doesn't understand what I'm feeling or what I'm experiencing right now. Yeah. I mean, I think you've expressed that beautifully that I think that describes the feelings that I have. And I just, I wonder how many other folks are having similar experiences where there is this, like, there is this real feeling of being, of of something being missed. There's this distance between what I'm experiencing and what you're experiencing. And we can't get on the same page because we're, married to our perspectives right for for a lot of reasons we're emotionally you know we're we're emotionally married to the perspectives that we have either we're anxious and we're trying to keep ourselves safe and the people we love safe or we're like i'm so done with this i got to get out there i got to move on with life i can't do this one more minute and i think conversations about those differences can be very challenging because they're generated by emotion. They're not necessarily generated by the facts of like what is happening or what might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's difficult. That it's hard to have a conversation about what what is the what is the data telling us today, right? And and being aware of that data is important, but also spending too much time aware of it is also not helpful, right? It's just like it's this really challenging time to negotiate, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's where, and even as you point out that, you know, distinction of where on the spectrum of staying informed should we fall for our own, you know, personal awareness, but also our own <laughs> mental health of not just being, you know, having this constant stream of news information, that's then where there can be even more um, chances for not being on the same page because what if someone has really been digging into the data and really been following all of the minutia of this and someone else really hasn't right if someone's sort of been staying away from it they may not be aware of the latest updates or the latest numbers and then this other person is like oh i've been tracking this the whole way and so that even brings up a whole other dynamic for people we're not even operating maybe from the same places of information yeah yeah, because we're we manage our anxiety in different ways, right? Like some of us are going to manage our anxiety by like being informed. Like I want to know all the things. I want to know what's the smartest thing for me to do. I want to know when I can do something new. I want to be updated with like when I can when it's safe for me to do whatever. And then some of some others of us are managing our anxiety by not being aware. I don't want to know. 
I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to, I, I just don't want to know. I, I, I really, it's easier for me if I just stick with everything's going to be okay and I'm just going to keep moving forward. So, and then there, of course, there's lots of different places on a continuum of that where people are landing, but those are sort of the two maybe extremes that I see um, of, of what we're doing with this and how we're managing our anxiety about the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what I've even noticed with that is <clears throat> I've heard, I've seen some people who were so strict on following all the guidelines who were, you know, doing a full self quarantine to the max for so much of this. And, you know, they look out their window and they, they've seen lots of people who have been a little bit more loose and lax. And so they feel like, gosh, I, I don't even feel like I can enter into this new phase because I'm seeing all of these people who maybe haven't been as strict. And so they're now frustrated because they're like, gosh, I followed the rules. I was like compliant. And yet I, I don't feel comfortable kind of entering into this phase too, because I haven't seen evidence that everyone else was following the rules. Like, I feel like that's one level of this for some people who are on one side of the spectrum where they feel like, gosh, their frustration is just growing because they, they don't know what it's like to enter back into this when they've seen how, how different people's approaches have been mm-hmm. in with the restrictions or not. And I think that's, that's been a painful spot for people because it's, it's just exposing how little control we have over everyone else's behavior and actions. And all you can control is yourself. And in, and in a moment like this, when we're all interconnected and interdependent, you know, that lack of control of other people, that's kind of adding into these new phases where it's like, wow, even when we had the most, you know, what felt like the most black and white restrictions we could have had, there was still people who were approaching them in a more loose way. And that's only going to increase as this continues to open up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a a real difficulty now as some are approaching, as you say, approaching it in a very loose way. Some who are more anxious are like, I got to really hunker down now because now it's less safe Mm -hmm. for me because there are so many people who aren't following the guidelines at all. So that, yeah, that's just a real pressure. And, and at the same time, you're like, well, our mental health is really suffering and so, so it's understandable that people are like, just, I got to get out. I got to, I got to go, I got to go live my life a little bit or I'm going to lose my mind. So it's all understandable. It's all like, of course, you're super anxious. Of course, you're losing your mind stuck at home. Like both of those things, of course, of course, it's very challenging. 100%. And, and to know each person's story. And I think that's the thing that I'm seeing this theme of is wow, each person's story is so impacting the decisions they're making and their, and their context is impacting it. And so, you know, I see one person who has a much more extroverted personality and they're the person that's saying, I, I just have to be around different people. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Mm-hmm. And another person feels like, wait a second, like, you know, why is being around us not enough? Like why, if, it, if there may be a more introverted personality and I've seen that coming up even in, you know, certain housing dynamics and, and couple dynamics where it's, yeah. you know, like, and they all of a sudden get 
kind of take it personally that this this other person's personality who really thrives in being in social context and being around more people is needing that and wanting that and this other personality saying wait like why like why is that so desperate for you and they're just operating from two totally different right. perspectives yeah some of the introverts are living their best life right now if they're like very you know severe introverts are like this is i was made for this this is like a gift to me and then the the extroverts are like i'm gonna lose you know i'm yeah terrible things are gonna happen if i don't see somebody else's face mm-hmm. i've noticed that some when i go out for a walk in my neighborhood um that you know there's a lot of like strangers starting conversations and you're like oh you're 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 losing your mind at home and like you're 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 just desperate to talk to me about anything at all because uh-huh. I'm the person you you haven't seen for a while. I'm somebody who's not living in your house. You're like, what can we talk about? What can we talk about? So that's really interesting. Seeing that, that. happened to me out on a walk a couple of weeks ago, where you know it was someone from a distance. We had an exchange, and uh, yeah. they ended up talking to me for probably a good. It felt like a good twenty minutes. Plus. Yeah. And the initial comment did not seem like it was going to turn into a 20 minute conversation. I was like, oh, like you just, you just need in-person interaction. That's not like with a grocery store clerk. So, so badly. Yeah. It's very, very challenging. So, and what are you, what are you finding is helpful for your clients as they're trying to navigate all this business? Hmm. I mean, I think a big one is, just trying trying to sort of widen that perspective for a lot of people of you know on the one hand validating why their context and their personality and their experiences are are leading them to their personal you know decision making around this but also trying to encourage them to see like okay this other person has their own context and story and personality and factors that are influencing their decisions and to what degree can they not take it too personally? And I would say this this is obviously still with the view of following the restrictions and you know, respecting what public health officials are asking us to do, but knowing that there's now a little bit more gray area, mm-hmm. um, having clients sort of see like why someone else may be making a different decision than them and that that doesn't necessarily mean that like one is right or wrong, but like it's, it's having to figure out why, why they're making that decision for them and why you're making that decision for you um, and not taking it personally that their decision looks different than yours. Um, And I think that that's hard partially because we're all, we're all in many ways like wanting to make quote unquote the right decisions. And so if it feels like someone else's decision is different than mine, people can feel like, well, only one of us can be right. So which one? Like I think that's the the feeling that can come up is, well, if their decision's right, how can mine be right? And and in a lot of this, like, well, because there's now going to be more gray, that's going to look differently, and those conversations are going to be tougher if people aren't, you know, kind of being open about why they're making the decisions they're making. And so I think a big one is just like, I mean, we say this all the time, but communicate, communicate, communicate. You know rather than assuming why someone's making the decision that they're making, but, but ask or kind of understand what's their context, what are their factors and reasons. And I think that might increase our empathy and compassion, hopefully, yeah. um, for each other. 
Yeah, I think what you're saying is so important is being aware that like I have my perspective for reasons that have to do with me. That is not the same as my perspective is right. It's just I'm having uh, my response to this is based on X, Y, Z. And so I'm handling this the way I am because of X, Y, Z, not because I'm doing it right, right? So for each person to just take a minute and be like, why am I handling it the way I am? What is it that's driving my decision-making around this? And then acknowledging that, yeah, I have some anxiety or yeah, I have a lot of impatience or yeah, I feel trapped and I, that feeling is so overwhelming to me or yeah, I'm just, I'm just scared about what might happen. And to remind ourselves that we won't know till like six months, a year from now, what we should have done, right? Like this is a whole big learning process about how to manage a situation like this. And we won't know um, sort of who was technically right, who was technically wrong about how they went about it until it's too late. So can we just keep giving each other grace and saying, yeah, of course you have the right to approach this the way that makes sense to you. I want to approach this in a way that makes sense to me. Can we be gracious to one another? Can we respect each other's perspectives? And then if we need to, can we create space? There may be some people who are handling this in a way that feels so unsafe to you that you really need some space from them. It's like, no, I can't. I can't hang out with you. I can't go for a walk with you. Or I can't come to a bar with you like you want to do. Like that's just not something I'm comfortable with doing and allowing yourself to say, I'm not comfortable with that. I understand that you are. And maybe even, I wish I was, I wish I was comfortable with that, but I just, that just doesn't feel comfortable to me rather than getting in an argument about whether that's smart or right or safe or any of that. Just saying, I'm just not comfortable with doing that. I'm sorry. I wish I could. Yeah. And I think, I think where this gets really heightened is if you are living with the person, let's say it's someone that has roommates, right? I think that's the part where my heart feels the heaviest is for people that, you know, legitimately have health concerns or they, they have their family members with people that have health concerns. And if they're living with roommates who are maybe less willing to make some sacrifices for a roommate who has legitimate, you know, health concerns, I think that that's probably one of the hardest because if you're not living with certain people, you have more freedom of saying, okay, I'm just not going to see you and that's okay. We love each other. We can't wait till we can see each other again in person and feel comfortable. Um, I think the people who are, who are living with people who are making these decisions, that's, that's the most challenging piece of this, right? Is how do you have conversations and how do you say, hey, I understand that you want to do XYZ thing, is it okay if I explain why I'm still really concerned about that? And can I share and, and would it be possible? You know, yeah, that's great. Those situations I think would be the ones where, um, and this is really tough, you know, if people aren't comfortable or used to having to be really assertive with those things or really asking for their needs to be met, I think that's another piece that I'm seeing is, okay, this is a rubber meet the road moment where if your health is legitimately at stake with this mm-hmm. and you're having to sort of find your voice in a new way and it, and it could be one of those moments where you're either having to say, Hey, you know, can you please respect this boundary because of X, Y, Z health reasons? Or is that person now having to say, I might have to go find another living arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen that happen for some people because of 
just the stark differences of how people are approaching this. And I think that's really challenging. And I think for those people, it's like, on the one hand, I want to say, you know, good for you for knowing what you need and for asserting what, you know, what you're okay with and what you're not okay with because of a lot of these health reasons. And I know how painful that can be for people to have to have that conversation and make that decision. But when it's these, when you're not living with them and you have more freedom around, I think for a lot of people trying to say it's, it's not because a person doesn't love you if they're saying I can't be around you right now. Yeah. Um, I think that's a piece where people can maybe, um, with the emotions that everyone's feeling, they can maybe take it a little personally. If someone is saying, hey, I'm still not comfortable yet, you know, go on and have fun without me. I hope to see you, you know, down the line in person. Um, but I think, I think that's one where um, people are going to, people are going to be having to have those types of conversations the more that this opens up and the more that people are having to figure out what level that they're comfortable with, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Super challenging. I was listening to um, Brene Brown's last um, podcast and she was talking about, you know, people are um, becoming a little bit more even in fight or flight because it's because of what you were saying earlier. It's like two months of this and we're exhausted and we're stressed out and we're, whatever. And so some, sometimes our executive functioning is offline, right? The frontal, frontal lobe isn't working great when our anxiety is too high or our frustration is too high or our anger is too high. Um, and so it's, it, can be, it can be tempting to have these conversations from very emotional places that are about really trying to make someone see your point of view, whichever side you're on of that. And so the big challenge is like, how can I approach this? Sort of keeping myself as calm as I can, saying what I need to say, expressing my concerns, but also understanding that everybody has a right to have their own perspective about this. And it's not my job to try to talk someone out of their perspective that actually I can't do that. I can't talk people out of their perspectives. And um, I really, I re- people, we have to work on our compassion. We have to work on our respect for one another at times like this, because we are in very diverse places about this right now, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's exposing all of that, right? It's exposing so much in ourselves and so much in those, are those people around us. And we see all the different factors at play and it, it is just, so hard to hold all of that I mean I think that's where my heart goes out to to everybody in this is like gosh everyone's feeling so much there's a weariness there's an exhaustion there's so many considerations to be made and decisions that people are having to make and with everyone coming from different places it's like gosh to to have compassion towards yourself in it is one thing but then to have to do that for all the people around you when you realize we're not seeing this the same way. And this is really testing all of those capacities for empathy and compassion and understanding, especially if you have legitimate grounds to say, I disagree with you. I disagree with the decision you're making or the approach you're coming from. And yet I cannot control your behavior. I cannot control that that's the decision you're making. And I think that is just going to be an ongoing piece of this. And it's, it's so hard to have to do that on the daily with multiple people that you're, you know, coming into contact with or having these conversations with. And so 
yeah that theme of oh gosh there's so much grace and compassion for ourselves and everyone around us because we're all trying to figure this out and navigate that and and it's uncomfortable at times to see like wow someone I love is approaching this from a very different way or from a way that you never would have expected mm-hmm. um, and yet here we are yeah yeah and somehow we got to work it out because we live together yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Shannon. I appreciate your perspective so much. Super helpful. And guys, just know that we're thinking about you and we're feeling it with you. We're all in it together, as we all keep saying. And that helps to know that we're all struggling through this together. And um, just encourage you to be kind to yourself and to allow yourself to be wherever you're at and to try to do the same for others as well, which is the hard part, but maybe we'll get real good at that. Maybe the pandemic will teach us a little bit more self-compassion, a little more compassion for others. I don't know. I hope. We can only hope. (laughs) And maybe someday we'll be able to see each other in person. That'd be real lovely, Shannon. No, we won't have to record this over Zoom. I know, that'd be great. Thank you so much for talking with me today about this. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Soul Care House podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions or comments you have, if there are topics you'd like us to address, let us know. Feel free to contact me at elaine at soulcarehouse.com. If you're interested in knowing more about what we do here at Soul Care, our website is soulcarehouse.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle there is Soul Care House and Barn. Talk to you soon.